0: Welcome to Lakeside Church's Message Podcast. Our prayer is that you fall in love with Jesus, find of church, family, live in freedom, and be active in your purpose. Let's join the message already in progress. Church planting is a huge thing on mine and Chris's heart. Obviously, we did it, so it's a big thing on our hearts. And um, and we just want to support church plants and church planters and their family and and it's a big deal. So I mean, it's it's statistically proven that church plants, new new churches, reach more people. And so we want to we want to encourage you guys because this is a God thing that you're doing, and also to let you know that this is a big part of our heart here. So um, thank you because you are all involved in it. So awesome, awesome, awesome. Well, thanks for having me here, man. Man, Welcome to Lakeside Church. This is cool, man. I like it. I want to play basketball. <laughs> Does anyone want to challenge me? No? Okay. Yeah, I want to embarrass myself. All right. Well, I am so honored to be here. Thank you so much for having me. This is my second time speaking at Lakeside, so I don't feel like a guest anymore. I feel like that, um, that uncle that shows up on Thanksgiving and Christmas and asks people for money. You know, that's, that's more how I feel right now. I'm just kidding. But, uh, but I'm not. Uh, but uh, Lakeside, you guys have been a huge encouragement for my wife, Erin, and I. You may not even know it. I haven't even met some of you, but you have been a huge encouragement for us because we have been following along on what you guys have been doing. And in some of the times where church planting gets really hard, we look at what God has been doing here down in South Carolina gives us hope for where we are, okay? So before I jump into my message, I do just want to honor your senior pastors, Pastor Chris and Emmerich. They have been so influential yeah, I said it. In my life. Uh, so even when I was a young boy, Pastor Chris, he was a pastor at the church that I, I gave my life to Jesus at. He, even as a young boy, he found ways for me to serve, get involved, because he saw value in my life. And, and even till now, he continues to speak hope and encouragement and, and purpose into my life. So I'm so thankful for Pastor Chris and his whole family. So if you can, just give it up to them, man. They are awesome. And now... I may have followed Pastor Chris too much because I'm church planning just like him and I must be crazy, man. (laughs) So we are in the full swing of starting a church in Richmond, Virginia, and it has been crazy. It has been absolutely crazy. We're from Virginia Beach, Virginia, which is about two hours away from Richmond. And so church planning has been fun. It's been scary. It's been depressing at times. It's been full of life. It's like all of those things in one. It's like a giant, like, Chipotle burrito. That's the best way I can describe church planting, okay? It's like eating a burrito. Mm, That's really weird. Okay, I won't say that again. Now, Now, what I've learned very quickly about church planting is, with God, all things are possible. With God, all things are possible. And I've also learned very fast, with myself, Nothing is possible. Nothing is possible at all. So I actually want to read a story to you that is found in John's gospel. It's Jesus doing one of of the most um, known miracles. But I got got something I want to kind of bring out from it. Okay, so check this out. Uh, John chapter 6, it starts like this. Then Jesus went up to the mountainside and sat down with his disciples. The Jewish Passover festival was near. When Jesus looked up and saw a great crowd coming towards him, check this out, he said to Philip, where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? He asked this only to test them, for he already had in mind what he was going to do. Okay. Philip answered him, it would take more than a half year's wages to buy enough bread for each of them to have a bite. Another of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up, here's a boy with some bread and two small fish. But how far would that go among so many people? Jesus said, have the people sit down. There was plenty of grass in in that place and sat down. About 5,000 men were there. So you remember, you got to add their wives and their kids. So it's like, you can roughly say anywhere between 15,000 people to to 20, a lot of people, okay? Um, Then Jesus took the bread, gave thanks, and distributed to those who were seated as much as they wanted. He did the same with the fish. When they all had enough to eat, he said to his disciples, Gather the pieces that are left over. Let nothing be wasted. And I just want to let someone know real fast, you may have gone through some struggles. You may have gone through some hurts. You may have had some problems. But when you look towards Jesus, nothing is wasted. Nothing is wasted. The thing that the enemy meant to use to take you out is the very thing that God will use to elevate you to where he wants you to be. I like to preach. I thought we were in the south. Come on. Say some it, Jacob. Say, that's good, Pastor Jacob, because if you don't shout me down, we may be here for three hours, and no one wants to be at church for three hours. <laughs> I got an amen on that one. <laughs> so they gathered them and filled 12 baskets with the pieces of bread left over, who, it, over by those who had eaten. So if you're taking notes, you can't title this message it is possible. It is possible. Now, now, I do have a question. Have you ever felt like you were dealing with something that felt impossible? Have you ever been dealing with an issue or circumstance in your life that you look at it and you say, there is no way I'm getting through this. There's no way that something good can come through that. Like, there's no chance we can make it. This is how I felt the first night That Aaron and I, my wife Aaron and I, took our baby home from the hospital. So we have a, she's almost a toddler now. Man, she's about to be two. Dang. (laughs) Okay. Um, They get so big so fast. It's true. Okay. Um, So, but this is how I felt the first night that Aaron and I had to take our daughter Kingsley home from, from the hospital. See, Kingsley is a joy. She has been a joy. But who knows, babies, babies are hard. Come on now. Can I get an amen? <laughs> so, so I remember like I said the first night we took her home this felt impossible. See, at the hospital, Kingsley was a perfect angel. It was good. You know, the nurses came in, you know, that helped. Then they said, "All right, time to take her home." I'm like, "What? They're going to trust us to take care of this creature? Like this is crazy, you know?" So so we get home and when we got home from the hospital, Nana, Aaron's mom, was with us. And Nana is Kingsley's favorite person to ever walk to earth, okay? So when Nana's there, everything is all good. Things are going great. Then Nana has to leave. And right when Nana leaves, the atmosphere changes. Everything changes. Kingsley starts to get a little fussy. Midnight comes. Kingsley's crying, like, oh, no, that's not good. 1 1 a.m. comes, Kingsley's still crying, 2 a.m. rolls around, she's still crying, and then Aaron's trying to feed her, and she's crying, and then I'm, like, stressing out, and I finally walk over to Aaron, and I say, do those things even work? Because it doesn't seem like it's working right now. This felt impossible, So, so... 3 a.m. I was around. She's still crying. I'm like, this ain't good, man. So here you go. I look at Erin, and she's exhausted. You know, She's exhausted, and then it hit me. I was like, man, this is an opportunity for me to win some points. So I'm going to be a good husband and a good dad. I see that she's tired, so I'm going to walk up to her, and I'm going to say, Erin, babe, you look exhausted, but you look beautiful because I don't want to, you know, say she looks exhausted without the compliment. And I'm going to say that to her. Give me the baby. You get some sleep. And, you know, then, and then you can feed her later, you know, when it's time. So, I, I, so this is what I'm going to do, right? But in my head, I know Erin's in full mama bear mode. She's not going to do that. But I said, hey, I'm going to do it anyways. I'm going to win me some points. So I walk up to her. I say, hey, Erin, you look exhausted, but beautiful. You're gorgeous. Miracle. Like, how you're doing that. Um, Give me the baby. I'll take care of her. You get some sleep. And then Aaron says, all right, deal. And hands me the baby. I'm like, what? What am I supposed to do with the baby? You know? So now... Nah, I got the baby. Aaron went to bed. I'm rocking and bouncing the baby. I'm singing like, I'm, I'm singing all the old Hillsong songs. I'm like, maybe I got go to go to the well to sing these songs because there's, there's a demon up in this house right now, you know? You know, like, she's crying and stuff. So, so finally, I say to myself, man, maybe she needs a diaper change. So I, I go to her room, lay her on the changing table, and I start to change her diaper. Can't make this up. Starts changing the diaper, and from my periphery, I see a giant cockroach walking into the room. I'm like, yo, this roach is out to get my baby. That's, just, that's how I felt. Probably wasn't true, but that's how I felt. And so, so I say, oh, man, she's on the changing table. But then there's this roach right here. I'm like, "Uh, uh I can't leave her on the changing table. So I grab Kingsley. She's naked and crying, <laughs> crying. Then I go to step on the roach. I'm like, "Uh, I don't got any shoes on. That's nasty. I ain't, I ain't going to do all that. So I do the next best thing. I start grabbing books off the bookshelf and chucking it, just chucking it at, at the roach. Then Erin comes, busting out the bedroom. She's like, what's going on in here? And I'm like, I'm trying to change a diaper and kill a roach at the same time. It felt impossible. So, so here you go. We're stressing out. And finally, we calm down. And here's the best part. We take a breath. I'm like, okay, it's okay. And I legit felt the peace of God come on me. He's like, you got this. You can do this. So I give the baby to Aaron. I kill the roach with a whole can of Lysol. <laughs> That's a whole other story. Yeah. Then, then, I grab, <laughs> then I grab Kingsley again. I said, I got it. I can do it. Aaron goes back to the bed, gets some, gets some sleep. And then here's one of my favorite moments in my whole life. I sit on the couch with, with Kingsley. She's laying on my chest, and then she falls asleep on my chest. And I was like, wide awake. I was like, I ain't falling asleep. You know, I'm rolling over on the baby. You know, I ain't happening. And so, but I remember that's one of the best moments that I've ever had to be with, to be with uh, Kingsley like that. I just lost my notes, like, somehow. I don't know how this has happened. Okay, I got them now. I was in focus mode on, 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 on Word, and they said, they want you to focus. It was like zoomed in on my thing. Okay, anyways, But it was one of the best moments that I've ever had, and what I learned very fast in that moment with me, by myself, man, things aren't possible. I can't do things. Life is hard. Things come at us. It's challenging at times, but with God, all things are possible. All things are possible See, life happens, life is hard, situations come against us and it feels like things are impossible, but I have a starting point. I have a starting point. This is where we are right now. My starting point is this, this feels impossible and you know what your this is. You know the this in your life that feels impossible. Maybe for you, it's a financial crisis. Maybe it's a family crisis. Maybe you're dealing with anxiety or illness or divorce in your family. You know you're this. This feels impossible. But our destination point, where we're going to land today, is this. But with Jesus, it is possible. You can make it you can deal with it. You can come through it. You may be dealing with what feels like an impossible situation, but I'm going to tell you this. With Jesus, it is possible. You can make it through it. Now, I don't know about you, but when I read the Bible, very rarely do I relate to Jesus. Like, maybe I'm a pastor. I'm not supposed to say that, but very rarely do I relate to Jesus. I often relate to the disciples. Like, I, I, I relate more to them because they're always full of doubt. They're always second guessing what Jesus is saying. But the best part is this. They always just end up doing what Jesus tells them to do. They just go and do it. They got all these doubts, all these fears, all these uncertainties. They think they know better than what Jesus is trying to do. But then they just end up doing what Jesus tells them to do. And I think true faith, is when we are willing to risk on Jesus, even when it looks impossible. Even when it feels impossible. Even when this situation makes you want to give up or quit. See, I think it's important for us to even express our doubts, express our fears, express what's going on. See, see, check this out, what the narrative of this story says. Jesus is sitting with Philip, and he asks them a question. And it's really interesting. So he said, when Jesus looked up, he saw the great crowd coming towards them. He said to Philip, where shall we buy bread? He asks them a question. He sees this crowd, and he, goes, he looks at Philip, and he says, where should we buy the bread? And then the Bible says he asks them this to test them, for he already had in mind what he was going to do. Philip answered them, it would take more than a half year's wages to buy enough bread for each one to have a bite. Now, I don't know about you again, but this story is a great definition of my relationship with Jesus. Like a large crowd coming, like an impossible problem coming towards me, coming in front of me, and I'm doing my best trying to hang out with Jesus, like read my Bible and listen to worship music and spend time with Jesus and serve people. I'm doing my best to, to position myself Around Jesus, but when this impossible situation comes at me, often I feel like Jesus looks at me and says, Hey, so what you gonna do about this? Where's the bread? Where's the bread? And I'm like, What? You're a God, you tell me what to do. <laughs> like, like, here you go, you got this impossible thing coming towards you, and it's like, hey, um, you see that? You got the bread? Did you buy it? You know where to get it? And Philip, just like me, is super dramatic. If you get to know me, anytime, anytime you, you realize that, like me throwing books at a cockroach, yeah, I'm super dramatic. And I like Philip's response. He's like, I mean, to feed all these people will be like a half a year's wage. He don't know what the real number was. He just said it. It would be half, what's a half a year's wages? Like whose wages? You know, it would be a half a year's wages and then they would only get one bite. You know, he's being super dramatic. I love it. That's me. But then the craziest part of the story is this. The narrative of the story says, Jesus asked them this to test them, Because Jesus already had in mind what he was going to do. Like, Sometimes when I read the Bible, I get mad. I'm just going to be real with you today. Sometimes when I read the Bible, I'm like, what? He already knew what he was going to do. And if he knew what he was going to do, why didn't he just do it? Like, why do you got put, why now Philip's stressing? He's stressing out. Like, I don't know what the bread is. Like, I, I mean, is there a food lying down the street? Like, I mean, I don't know. Wegmans? You got Wegmans here? Oh, God, I pray. That Wegmans comes to South Carolina. Okay, it's a game changer. It's a game changer. He asked them this. He asked them this, but he already knew what he was going to do. And I feel like if Jesus just said, hey, Philip, you see all the people? Check this out. Check out what I'm about to do. I feel like Philip would be just as impressed, right? Like, like if God just like gave me a whole bunch of money to pay off my debt. I'd be good, right? Like, like if God just like fixed my marriage problems and I didn't have to go through the hard work and getting counseling and fix the things in my life that are actually the root reason why I got marriage problems. Like if God just came in out of nowhere and just fixed me, that'd be good, right? See, Maybe he asked Philip the question, where's the bread? Because Jesus was more interested in Philip's response than just feeding the people. Maybe Jesus is more interested in developing you in the problem or the situation that you're in than fixing your problem. See, Philip has already seen Jesus turn water into wine at this point. He's already seen Jesus heal a crippled man who is crippled for 38 years. He's already seen Jesus do impossible things. Philip has already seen the impossible, but maybe Jesus didn't want Philip to just see the impossible. Maybe Jesus wanted Philip to see that he could be a part of making impossible things possible. Maybe he wanted Philip to say, you're a part of what I'm doing. And maybe you're dealing with an impossible situation right now. You feel like Philip, like God, just tell me what to do. Like God, just come in and fix it. God, come in and just, just do this. Cause I don't know. And I don't know how I can't do this, but maybe I'm going to say this to you again, but maybe in your season, God is more interested in fixing you than fixing your problem. God, this feels impossible, but with Jesus, it's possible. And then Andrew comes up out of nowhere, and he's like, "Um, I don't know where the food line is, but this boy has a number one special from Captain D's. What are you, 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 you going to do with this, you know? Like maybe you can do something with this, you know? I don't know how how far he's going to go among the people, but it's something, you know. He's like, here's this boy with some nasty bread and some fish. What are you going to do? Like, here's the funny thing. When I'm dealing with stress, when I'm dealing with with, with anxiety, dealing with some some hard situations, when I'm faced with things I don't want to deal with, the first thing I do is doubt what I have. I doubt my ability. I doubt God's ability. I doubt the season I'm in, especially in church planting. I'm like, why did I move to Richmond again? Like, like, did I really hear from God? You know, maybe I ate some nachos one night and fell asleep and thought God was speaking to me, you know, like, like, did I? Because this don't seem like it's working out right now, you know, you know? So, so with with church planting, yeah, man, we felt this way. Like, like, man, God, I don't, I don't even want to give you what I got. Like, I don't even know what's going on. But see, we moved in the area. Like I said, we're from Virginia Beach. So we're about two hours away. We moved to an area. Where we didn't know anybody. We didn't, have, we didn't have connections there. We aren't wealthy people. We didn't come there with a bunch of money and resources to try to do something. And, and, and starting a church costs money. It costs a lot of money. You know, I'm not the smartest guy in the world, you know. My wife, she's super smart, so that's good. <laughs> but... Uh, and, and we have this goal of raising funds and building a team of 45 people starting this church, and it feels impossible. Like, this feels impossible. Now, on top of that, just to kind of share a little bit about, you know, my, my life. On top of that, before we moved last year, um, my, my father-in-law, Aaron's dad, passed away. And it was really tough on the family. And then two weeks after he passed away... Um, Our baby, Kingsley, was born. So our family was dealing with a mixture of heartbreak and happiness. You know, and this is all going on while we're in the season of, do we start this church? Like, God, what are you doing? We feel something that you're calling us to do. But at the same time, we're dealing with so much of of these other problems, of these other hurts. Then in the beginning of spring this year, Aaron and I, with faith, Moved from our home in Virginia Beach to Richmond, Virginia to start City Lights Church. Now, often I have felt, God, here is some nasty bread and some overcooked fish. Can you do something with it? Like, can you make it happen? And what I learned very quickly when dealing with the impossible, God is not looking for our perfection. God is looking for us to offer what we got. He's looking for us just to offer what we got. See, Jesus does not expect you to have it all together. That's one of the best things about, about being in a healthy church like Lakeside. Like, if you're too perfect, like, you need to get up out here because you're going to make everyone else look bad. Like, like you know, like, like, like we're, this is a church of people who don't got it together but are looking towards Jesus, it's like trying to find Jesus. See, see, Jesus does not expect you to have it all together, but what he wants you to do is offer what you got. He just wants you to offer what you got. And if what you got is just a little bit of faith, just offer it to him. If what you got is a little bit of hope, just offer it to him. He can do something with it. If what you got is a broken marriage, but you're willing to get some help, offer that to him. If what you got is some kids who are not listening to you and you're having a hard time, Dang, I just felt the Holy Spirit over there. Let's get the prayer team. Come on, stat, 911, prayer team. (laughs) I'll offer my kids, Lord. I'll give you what I got. I'll offer you my finances. I'm going to start tithing. God, I'm just going to give you what I got. I'm going to offer you my fears. And come on, this is where I want you to go with me today. I'll offer you my fears. God, I'll offer you my doubts. See, God is not looking for you to offer him his, your great organizational strategy plan on how you're going to get your life back in order. What he's looking for you to offer is for you to say, God, here's my fears, here's my doubts, here's my worries, but here's the promise that you have put on my life, and I'm not going to stop until I see that promise come to light. See, God, I'm going to offer you all I have, and this is what we see, this little boy, and I love that was this little boy. You got all these disciples, and here's this little boy, and he just says, Jesus I'm going to give you all I have. And Jesus even tells us for those who inherit the kingdom of God will have to have faith like a child. And I'm going to tell you this, I'm going to depend on Jesus. Like he's all I got. And when you do that, you'll see God move in an amazing way. So, so I want to tell you like the most encouraging story about our time in Richmond, Virginia already. We've only been there since May. So when we got there, we know nobody, you know, we got, we had, we had like five people move up with us and Aaron and I are like, man, we got to hustle. We got to grind. We got to do this. We got to meet people. And I'm like, how are you going to meet people? I'm like, I don't know. We're going to meet them. They're going to be those creepy salespeople that walk up on people. I don't want to be. You know? so, so, so check this out. We, we went to this, this, um, this restaurant that's in Richmond and near our house, and, um, you know, it's like a, this burger joint, and we go there, it's good, and um, as we're eating, the waitress, you know, very young, like in, like in her early 20s, is, uh, is talking to Aaron, and they're kind of having, they're making a good connection, right, so it's a cool story, they're making a good connection, we end up figuring out that she just had a, had a baby, newborn baby, and um, and so they're kind of Aaron and her were kind of bonding over oh, oh I said baby 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 babies you know uh, having a baby has been one of the best things that have helped our church plant just to let you know so if you're thinking about church planting have a baby <laughs> I don't know if that's an, okay whatever don't don't quote me on that one okay um, so so um, so so they end up bonding and Aaron looks at me and she says hey I'm gonna ask this girl if she wants to like go on a go on a play date. You know, she's, probably I don't think I'm weird. I said, she probably will, but go for it. You know, so, so Aaron, so the waitress gives us our check, and Aaron says, hey, I'm new to the area, and I have no mom friends. I was just wondering, would you want to set up a play date? And then the waitress is like, oh, my gosh, I have no mom friends either. Like, I would love to do that. It's so awesome. And then she, like, invited, invited Aaron about five things that she had going on, like, that week. And so, so check this out. They end up going, they end up going, um, on a play date with the kids, and what Aaron end up, ends up figuring out is that her, the waitress, and her husband, who also worked at the restaurant, they um, actually were ex-addicts. Just got just got out of um, rehab when they got pregnant, and and when she said that she had no friends, she literally had no friends because most of her friends were still in that scene. And then the other crazy part was she told Aaron. It's so insane that I met you because I just started working at Carrytown Burgers last week. And you were one of the first people that I met. And so then, so then what ended up happening was they connected, and then um, Aaron ended up inviting the waitress and her husband over for dinner, and I got to meet him. And then we all just instantly started started to bond and connect, and now over the course of time, they're on our launch team. They're, they're trying to figure out who Jesus is. You know, they're, they're just all in, trying to be a part of something, and I say that story to say, because when you step out, when you feel like you're dealing with something impossible, when you feel like, man, I don't see how like God is in this. I don't see how God can do something with this. When you just keep being obedient to what God has called you to do. When you just keep saying, I'm gonna offer you what I got. I'm gonna give you what I have. You can see God perform miracles in your life. You can see God use you for something that you thought was impossible. And I just want some people in here to know today, you are dealing with something and what you're dealing with is real and it is hard and it is honest, but keep offering God what you got. Offer him all that you got. And watch what he will do. So now Jesus says, and I'm about to close right here. Jesus says three things. He says, where's the bread? Where are we going to get it? And then once they found some bread, he said, give me the bread. And then the last thing Jesus does is says, now take the bread. Nick, can you give me this bread? I got some bread up here. Nick is one of the awesome people that moved to Richmond with us to help us start a church. Thank you you can take that bread away. Yeah, I just need this piece. I don't get crumbs all over the floor. I'm sorry. I'll vacuum. Dang. Okay. <laughs> so, so, so I want you to see something here. Imagine being a disciple again. Again, like I said, I relate to the disciples. Like I always like, man, yeah, I'm, I understand what, why they're stressing out right now. Imagine being a disciple. Jesus takes his bread and he breaks his bread. And then you see about 15,000 people in front of you. And Jesus looks at you and is like, hey, uh, come here real fast. Um, okay, here, this is your portion. Go ahead and feed, like, that group about 2,500 over there. I'd be like, <laughs> with this? Like, Chick-fil-A about the cater? Is it? I'm meeting them I'm meeting them on the other side. Like, what? And then just imagine, this is our picture, just imagine. Like being one of the disciples, you like, all right, man, um here's a little piece for you. That's too big. Here a little piece for you. All right. Um <sighs> mm, they don't need that much, you know. I saw what they did the other day, and they don't be good, you know. And you just start passing out this bread, and you passing it, and you passing it. And as each time you're breaking bread, the piece of bread is getting bigger. You're like, what the? This thing getting big? I'm about to rip off a big piece of this bread now. I'm gonna put some garlic salt on it too, make it good, you know. Put some cheese on it, and you just breaking off the bread, and it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And what I want to tell you today is this. Jesus says, where's the bread? Come on. I want you to know, Jesus says, he's the bread of life. He said, give me the bread. Come on. Because he said, I'm going to give myself to you. And I'm going to hang on that cross And I'm going to die for your sin because I live the life you couldn't and I die the death you deserve. But I'm going to take your sin. I'm going to take your shame and I'm going to I'm going to offer what I got. But then when he when he comes from the grave, Jesus says, now take my bread and give it to the world. Give it to the world. And I'm going to tell you this. And when you start impacting people, come on, man, I'm about to get passionate up in the air. When you start impacting people, you'll see how when someone gets the touch of Jesus, he begins to multiply in people's lives. And world, Then the world begins to change. See, Lakeside, when you begin to get passionate for Jesus, and you say, I'm going to give Jesus to the people in my community, that's how a city gets changed. That's how a city gets to become known for loving Jesus. Lakeside, I want you to know today, Jesus said, where's the bread? He says, he's the bread. He says, give me the bread. He said, because I gave it all for you. And now he says to you, go out and pass the bread to the world. So you may be asking, like, why would we start a church? Why would we bring ourselves through this stressor, through this anxiety? Because there's people who are dealing with real life issues and who are looking for a real life answer. And Jesus is the answer. Jesus is the hope of the world. Jesus is the one that can change destinies. Jesus is the one that can change the trajectory of someone's life. So I'll go through some hurt. I'll go through some stress. I'll look at the impossible situation. And I'll keep saying, my God, with him, all things are possible. Friends. Whatever you're going through today, it feels impossible. But with Jesus, come on, it is possible. Come on, bow your heads at me. Let's pray today. God, we thank you. We thank you that you are good, that you are faithful, that with you all things are possible, Lord. And God, we come to you and we express our doubt. We express our fears. We say, I don't know. I don't know. But God, we offer what we got. We offer what's in our hands. And God, we say, use us. Use us right where we are. And friends, I feel even right now, the Holy Spirit is reminding you That Jesus paid it all for you. He said, I love you so much. I'll take your sin and your shame and your wrongdoings. Maybe you're in here today and you have never made a decision to trust Jesus with your life. Maybe you never prayed a prayer to ask Jesus to be your Lord and your Savior. What I want to do with every head bowed, every eye closed not going to call anyone out or embarrass anyone, nothing like that. But if you today want to make a decision to, to put your trust in Jesus, I just want you to pray this prayer with me right where you are at your chair. I just want you to say, Jesus, forgive me for my sins. Make me new. Today, I follow you. Today, I trust you with my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's give God some praise in here. Now, hey, guys, I'm Bob.